Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 28th of March, the 87th day of 2022, with 278 days ahead of us until 2023. Today in 1881, several circuses agreed to form a conglomerate, initially known as P.T. Barnum's Greatest Show on Earth, and then soon shortened to Barnum and Bailey Circus. Today in 1885, the U.S. Salvation Army was officially organized. Today in 1930, the Turkish cities of Constantinople and Angora changed their names, respectively, to Istanbul and Ankara. And today in 1935, aerospace pioneer Robert Goddard used a gyroscope to control a rocket. Heavenward tonight in the southeast sky will have a fabulous conjunction of our waning crescent moon, keeping company with a trio of planets, Saturn, Mars, and Venus. This week we're on the cusp of another month as we sort out whether March came in like a lion and is going out like a lamb or vice versa, and soon whether April will keep the showers coming that are making all the folks happy who have wells. T.S. Eliot, of course, starts his poem, The Waste Land, with the first part titled The Burial of the Dead, beginning, April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Breeding, mixing, stirring are all useful verbs to convey that something's indeed happening here, an opening counterpoint to the connotations of wasteland, burial, and dead. Every day we see the irony implicit in such juxtaposition. We open the daily newspaper, for example, and see a headline about a certain number of people who have died lately of the plague that continues to snatch lives in Maine, and about the number of new cases of COVID, and then we leave the protection of our homes to enter various gatherings of people who may have tested lately or may have not, who know or who do not know whether they are carriers of the plague, who maybe are masked or maybe not. And we hear, those of us who deign to listen, about the plague nationally and internationally, through the no- though the news of the plague is often overshadowed these past few weeks by reports of the war Russia is waging against Ru- Ukraine. But in spite of such attempted distractions, the count of COVID continues. Here in the United States currently, we have 80 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020. Dividing that number by the total cases worldwide of about 478 million, we find that we in the U.S. now have roughly 16% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. 16%, however, is an improvement over the 17% of last week and the 20% of the world's cases we had in the U.S. last month. Elsewhere, in a somewhat distant second place to the U.S. stats, India has 44 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 30 million cases. Fourth place this past week goes to France, owing to its significant recent spike in cases, so that its total since the beginning of the pandemic is now 25 million. That bumps the UK down to fifth place with 21 million cases. Germany, owing to its recently pronounced surge in COVID, has a cumulative 
20 million cases and is in sixth place. Seventh place goes to Russia with 18 million cases cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 27 months ago. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 6.2 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 976,000, up at least 5,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks. Only an average of 714 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. On the bright side, though, we continue to lead the world in COVID deaths. Our weekly totals have been steadily decreasing the past few weeks. Worldwide, more than 10.9 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1955 in Chalky, Oklahoma, Clark McIntyre, a rancher and rodeo steer roper, and his wife Jacqueline, a teacher and singer, welcomed their new daughter Reba into the world. Reba soon learned barrel riding from her father and singing from her mother, and biographer Ed Morrow tells us that Reba gave her first money-making performance at age five, when the family had been following the rodeo circuit and had stopped in Cheyenne where Reba saw her brother earn a nickel singing for a tourist and promptly launched into a rendition of Jesus Loves Me, earning her own nickel. She would go on for better rewards, singing her way through college. In 1974, Reba's performance of The Star-Spangled Banner at the National Rodeo Finals in Oklahoma City attracted the interest of a songwriter. Within a year, she had made a demo tape and signed a recording contract. In 1980, she scored her first hit with You Lift Me Up to Heaven. Since then, she has won 28 major country western awards, including two Grammys. Reba credits her parents for her success, saying, My parents taught us responsibility early. Once, my sister Alice came in so late, Daddy was already up cooking breakfast. He waited until she got sound asleep and then woke her up, told her he needed help with the cattle that day, and he worked her butt off. Today is also the birthday in 1515 of the Spanish mystic St. Teresa of Avila. In 1652 of English-American judge, businessman, printer, and province of Massachusetts Bay diarist, Samuel Sewell. In 1868, of Russian writer and political activist Maxim Gorky. In 1914, of American politician Edmund Muskie. In 1921, of British writer and actor Dirk Bogard. In 1930, of Italian poet Amelia Roselli. In 1970, of American actor Vince Vaughn. In 1981, of American actress Julia Stiles. And in 1986, of American singer-songwriter Lady Gaga. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. We have the second week of spring, and watch out for April Fools on Friday.